Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range, or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double breasted black blazer from a new to me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for, but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to About Progress, a podcast devoted to ordinary people who are striving to improve themselves, overcome obstacles, and make something special of their lives, all while maintaining a healthy balance. In short, people who know life is about progress, not perfection. Hey there, thank you for listening in each Wednesday, and I hope you leave inspired. If you do love what you hear today, don't keep it to yourself. Take a screenshot of this episode and share it out so other people can benefit too. And make sure to tag me at About Progress so I can interact with you on social media. I love connecting with you guys. That's my favorite perk of the podcast. And you can find me everywhere at About Progress. And you can also nominate people to be on the show by emailing me at packerprogress at gmail.com. Talk about our guest today, Heather Jensen from Try and Run Girl. We've been communicating for months to record this interview, and we happened to time it just a few days before she was set to run the St. George Marathon. I was so grateful she made this happen for us, especially as she was nearing such an important race. Heather is primarily a mother with a little triathlon hobby. 
I say that in jest because it takes an incredible amount of dedication, time, and sacrifice to do what she does every day. But Heather talks about how her training is her way of holding on to balance and sanity, and that it fills her bucket so she can then go on to be the mother she wants to be. Heather shares how she can be focused but not obsessed, how comparison could ruin the sport for her, but what she does about that, and what she does to achieve big goals in very small chunks. I know you're going to love Heather if you don't already, so let's get to our interview together. I want to welcome Heather Jensen to the show. Hi, Heather. Hi, how's it going? It's going so great. You've been such a good sport to be on the show, and I wanted to start with you giving us an introduction. Well, thank you for having me. It's so nice to be here. Um, My name is Heather Jensen, and I live in Utah. And I am a mom of three kids, and I am 34 years old. Great. And I feel like you just so, got the tip of the iceberg there. <laughs> there is yeah, so much more to you. <laughs> well, tell us a little well, bit more then. Like, what else, uh, I guess, are you known for? Because there's definitely a lot there as well. So um, what I've done is started an Instagram and a fitness um, blog, and my alias, you could say, is Try and Run Girl is mm-hmm. my name on Instagram. And um, I, I'm kind of known for running and doing triathlons, and that's kind of where um, this all started for me. So um, as I said, I'm a mom of three, yes. um, and I'm married to my high school sweetheart. And so we kind of find the balance between that, and I have an incredible husband who um, supports me with it. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of my... My little world on Instagram is where I put that out is uh, for trainer and girls for the other moms and other women in particular, but really anybody can um, hopefully get inspiration for a running race or a triathlon or general fitness. I also teach um, group fitness. I'm a certified instructor and I love teaching group, group fitness classes to help others. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of a little bit more of why I got into what I'm doing, so. Well, but it's very clear amidst all of those many things you're involved in. I mean, your family clearly comes first, even, you know, the way you introduce yourself, which I think is really sweet. And, you know, that your family is behind you in every step of the way. I love watching your um, race days and and to see the support you have and and your husband behind the camera, too, doing those little updates on um, where you're at. It's just fun to see that. Yes. He's the best. Thank you. Yeah, it's been fun to bring my family on the journey um, of wanting to be a triathlete and to run. Um, I love to run marathons to really challenge myself as well. And have, I've done 14 of them and really um, I, just kind of including them in on it has really helped me feel successful because um, it takes a lot of training to get into those mm. things. And Sometimes you have a good race and other times you don't. And it's hard because you feel like you maybe have let those people down because they've, you know, there's been a lot of sacrifices on time. And um, I try to get up really early and do it in the morning when everyone's asleep. But Mm. there's definitely times when, you know, things are pushed back for me to finish my long training run or something like that. And so when your race, you know, kind of doesn't go well, when it goes well, it's awesome, but when it doesn't go well, you kind of feel like you've let them down. Uh, at least that's yeah. how I feel sometimes. But I realize that they're going to love me no matter what time I run. Whatever the time on the clock says, they'll, they'll still love me. Mm. So yeah. they're a huge part of, of 
racing for me. I love that. Yeah, definitely a huge motivation too to keep to keep smiling even when it's hard. So I was curious if you, it, it seems like running was your primary way to get into this fitness. Um, I, I don't know what to say about it. This fitness journey. I don't know. This triathlon, this uh, doing triathlons and all yeah. that. Is that what came first for you running? Yeah. Do you know what? It's actually funny. Um, it, it kind of did, but it didn't. I actually grew up with a swimmer. I, I did swim team for about 10 oh, years yes. when I was a okay. kid. Yeah, so I swam for a really amazing high school swim team and youth program in Salt Lake City. So um, I swam for the Brighton Bengals, and we were the Brighton Paddling Bengals, and we were actually um, yeah, it was it was a fantastic program. And I I actually was a really slow runner. Like me and all my cousins and my sisters would run around as kids, and I think I was probably the slowest or one of the slowest ones. And but we'd get in the water, and I was always like the best in the water and so I think my parents wow. when I expressed an interest to do swim team when I was like seven or eight years old they kind of were like okay so hmm. so anyways that was kind of my background was with swimming and I had a really a two really great coaches um that really saw um a lot of potential in me and really pushed me at a young age to push hard and I was um, on our relay teams that won the state. Uh, we actually won, the Brighton Bengals actually won 20, I believe 22 um, wow. championships in a row. So oh we had goodness. a very, uh, a dynasty of swimmers. Yeah, and he, he trained some Olympic hopefuls. And, and so just a really neat program about, um, you know, getting up early at 4.30 in the morning and swimming when you're in high school and maybe going to school with wet chlorinated hair and yeah. and I was also a cheerleader and so that was kind of like oh no like you know lot. like can I do both of these things and can I you know and so just kind of pushing me um to achieve more and push hard at a young age I think that kind of stayed with me hmm. um and to, into adulthood so so what's your favorite stroke for swimming um, I was a I was a freestyler. I was a sprint freestyler. So I really loved the breaststroke, but I wasn't good at it. It's my worst of the four strokes. And my coach, I kept saying, I want to swim breaststroke. And he said, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> he said, you're a freestyler. And I was like, all right. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, so I ended up uh, swimming sprint free. I think we dabbled in a few events. I was, I was fairly good at the IM, the individual medley. And that's where you do all four strokes in a row. Oh, yeah. Um, so I was fairly good at that one. And then I think I tried the 200 fly for a couple of years, which is like agony. If, you, if you've if you ever swum the 200 fly, you know how hard it is. So um, any swimmers out there listening, you, you're going, oh, yeah, you're nodding your head. But, um, but yeah, so I ended up doing sprint was kind of that niche that I found was um, a sprinter. So translating into getting into Ironmans, it's actually quite a big difference in yeah, it um, like it. racing it's it, I mean going from like a 53 to swimming 2.4 miles is you know quite a distance swim so that wow. was definitely a change for me a lot of people yeah. might say oh well she was a freestyler and yes that definitely helped me but I it, it took a lot to kind of switch me over from fast twitch muscles um in a 50 sprint free to work up to that 2.4 oh, mile swim distance yeah Yes. Swimming is something that really fascinates me. If someone has listened to the show for a little while, they know that I had a goal to learn how to swim this year. So I go once a week for 20 minutes. Yes. That's all I can handle. 
like mentally and yes. physically. So I really admired the swimmers. I mean, big props to you. So when when did the other sports come into play for you? Was that only when you decided that you wanted to do a triathlon? Or was there something else well, that inspired that? Yeah, so kind of my big thing was um, I'd always wanted to run. We had to run for dry land on swim team. We did like, mm. I want to say like anywhere from three to five miles a few days a week, you know, yeah. that we had to go run. And so that's for like me, um, I was right there. So it is. Yeah, it wasn't always that long, but there was there was a few days where I remember we had to run like three or four miles, and then we'd come back and do medicine balls and sit ups and stairs, and then we'd get in the water. Wow. But I was on varsity, so that was expected. It was mm. like, okay, you've got to really, you got to really push yourself here. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, so we ran, and I again remember always kind of being in the back of the pack, and I was just, I was just kind of slow, and I liked running, but I didn't love it because I just I wasn't. I wasn't good at it. My effort was there, and I really tried, but I definitely think there's some people that are built for running and have a little bit of the genetics to be a better runner than certain people. That opens up a whole different conversation that we won't get into, but I do believe that there are some people that are, like, I was a little bit more talented in the water than my sisters, you know, and they Mm. were, so... There's definitely areas that I think we can work hard on, and there's other areas that we may be a little more blessed in that we still have to work hard in. But So running, for me, um, was kind of a struggle when I was in high school. I didn't love running. I was kind of Mm. slow. I could do it, but I was kind of not not amazing at it. And I always told myself that I really wanted to run, like a 5 and 10K was kind of where I started out. So after it was, it was probably just shortly after I got married, I kind of got into doing some 5 and 10Ks. And I was 20 when I got married, so I was very young. Yeah. Um, and after I had my daughter, I was 24 when I had my first baby. So I had my daughter, and I decided to sign up for my first half marathon. She was born in January, and I signed up for um, the Hubble Creek Half Marathon that August. And that was a really big thing for me was, wow. like, I wanted to get the baby weight off. I had, despite my best efforts, I had gained a lot of weight during my pregnancy, mm-hmm. um, and I was really trying to, I didn't necessarily want to go to the pool every day, Yeah. but I wanted to run, and, and so I kind of set my sights high on doing a half marathon, and I thought, if I can do that half marathon, then I can do a full marathon eventually, mm-hmm. and so that next year, I signed up to do my first full marathon. And so it was just little by little. It just kind of started that I wanted to be a runner and I kind of wanted to be better at running than I was so that I could do a race. And my first half marathon and my first 5K and 10K and marathon were, were all pretty slow. I mean, we're talking like 10 plus miles per hour, which for for a girl in their 20s with an athletic background, that is not extremely fast. It might be fast to somebody else listening to this, and mm-hmm. that's fine. Um, we really can only compare ourselves to ourselves. But for me, you know, I had some friends that were on the swim team and started running or just some friends that, you know, had an athletic background and they were all running much faster. And so I was pretty, I was happy that I finished, but I was a little discouraged. And so I really kind of settled into running as my goal. I kind of, um, I hadn't been swimming as much and I kind of thought, I want to run. I really want to run and, and cultivate that, um, sport and work on my running. So that's, that's kind of how I got into the running. And then I had had two of the three triathlon sports and I thought, okay, yeah. now I can biking. So, so it, was <laughs> slowly, it was slowly for me. Why not? Why not add a third in there? You know? 
Well, and in some ways, I think yeah. once you get started with um, races, however small, it it becomes not an addiction, but just something that's fun and so unique and and it gives you this community. Yeah. And I don't know, I can see how it gradually becomes something that you get more and more passionate about and more and more involved in. So that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it definitely, it definitely does. I think there are some people that are addicted to certain things in life and, and absolutely there can be addictions to exercise. But I think if you're trying to do something um, to better yourself and to improve your health and to maybe have some friends and some, some amazing life experiences, absolutely sign up for a race, whatever race it is that scares you that you want to do, do it, sign up for it and you'll figure it out along the way. Yeah. So. Well, you know, you mentioned, so 24 was when you did your first half and, and it's, so that's 10 years ago. So how fast are you now, 10 years later? So my very, in fact, I just did a post on this on Instagram not too long ago. Um, My very first half marathon was, I think it was two hours and 14 minutes. Um, And then my half, I actually just raced the Nebo half marathon in Utah here in uh, August. And I ran a 136.08. So quite an improvement. Um, And like I said, I was a slow runner and I've had to work really hard at it. I I know everybody that runs works hard. But for me, I've noticed I have short legs. They're strong and muscly, but... um, I have to really work hard to turn my legs over and train them to do that. And I've done that. I've really worked on speed work and pace runs and hill sprints and long runs and tempo runs and, um, you know, all of these different types of runs that you do to kind of talk to your legs and say, yeah, you can do that. You can do it. Come on, you know. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. little by little, 10 years later, um, I tipped away uh, to a 136, which is a 720 average pace. That's incredible. So that's been a oh. big improvement for me personally. Uh, what I love about that is, like you said, chipping away at it. And it seems like that's what yep. you have to do is that, you know, just thinking about yes. that first time you try a certain type of training run where it's not even distance. It's like a speed run, like you said, or some hill runs. I mean, those are monumental. Just those first times that you do that. They are. Oh, yeah. There, I remember the first time I actually kind of started going with a running group. I we lived for about five years in St. George and that's where, uh, in the St. George area. And that's kind of where I got really involved in running. And I signed up for the St. George marathon as my first mm-hmm. marathon because that community is so wonderful down there. And, and I, yeah. I, that's kind of where I learned to be a, a good runner down there. And, mm-hmm. um, and so I started working out with, um, some friends and some at the St. George running center groups and we would go to the, do these track Tuesdays. And I remember showing up for my very first speed work and I was like, what am I doing here? This yeah. is so scary. And, and it was. It was scary. I'd never done anything like that in my whole life um, on a track. I'm like, you put me in the pool. I feel good. Um, but this was a whole new thing for me. And it was a little bit scary for me. It was, it was definitely stepping out of my comfort zone. But I learned so much and I grew so much from it. And, and like I said, just kind of taking that first step towards it is, is huge. Hmm. See, that's why I think anyone can apply this to whatever they are facing right now. The some whatever goal that they, they want to accomplish, that first step that that's probably the biggest, most important one, and the scariest. Yeah, having the courage to start. Yeah, yeah. To, to, 
just that courage to start and say, I can do this. I'm scared to death, but I'm going to do this and I'm going to start. I think sometimes the start line is scarier and harder Mm. than the finish line in some ways. Oh my goodness. Yes. Even for training, I'm sure every day, some, some, well, not every day, hopefully, but a lot of days are like that. Just to get your shoes on yep. is probably harder than actually yep. doing your Yeah, training. sometimes just laying out your clothes and lacing up and being like, I got this. And then as soon as you're out the door, you're okay. But, yeah, that that courage to start and kind of get going, you know, it, it's definitely it's definitely hard for, for me. And I know a lot of people, you know, just taking that first step. So for you, when did you start becoming really serious about this? For, for me, um, after I did my first marathon, that kind of, like I said, became my bug, I, my, my kind of exercise of choice, as I, I really wanted to cultivate my running. And and so I think for me, I kind of did it a strange way. I was doing it while I was having kids and in between and mm-hmm. while I was pregnant and nursing. And, and I was always I was always happy that I was out there running and that I could tell the line, but I wasn't ever super happy with my times. I was always frustrated. And I, I kind of stopped and looked around one day. I think it was a little shortly after my second baby was born. And I thought, I've got little kids. I need to be proud of myself for just doing what I'm doing. Um, yeah. Mm. And and that was really hard for me because like I said, I, I'm a competitor and I try not to do it. And I'm, I definitely preach this to my fitness classes and my kids and, and everybody. And then I, I can sometimes be the worst at, you know, looking looking at others and saying, why am I not like them? And I think a lot of us do that. And that's, that's hard to admit, but we all compare. And really, it's the person in the mirror we need to compare ourselves to. So sometimes I would get a PR, and I still wasn't happy because I wanted to be running three minutes faster like my friend did two weeks ago at their race. Yeah. And so mm. that kind of became a, a thing for me, was I was trying to just um, – work work on getting better at my running and trying to um that what that ended up kind of being my passion was just kind of I need to learn to be happy with myself and to keep doing what I love even when my circumstances aren't ideal because if you've ever tried to do a running race while you've been nursing or something I mean mm-hmm. it's hard I've been there I ran I ran the St. George Marathon in 2000 10 with a four month old baby and I was nursing and wow. I, I look back now and I think it was a little crazy, but I did it. And so that was, that kind of became that through those childbearing years of mine, that was kind of a big thing was to run marathons for me. And then I started doing some sprint, um, some sprint tries. Um, I think it was uh, when my daughter was like a year and a half, I signed up for my first sprint try race and that, you know, so really it was kind of an ongoing thing during while I've had my babies um, was kind of where that started for me. And, and like I said, I kind of, once I got down the swim and the run, I kind of was like, all right, I'll add the bike. And that just is kind of where my triathlon um, background came from was just slowly picking up one sport at a time and working on it. You know, I think um, all mothers, regardless of if they are stay-at-home moms or work mom, working moms, you know, we're all working moms, but, you know, we, we need that outlet. And for many of us, it could be yep. fitness related, but what did 
running and doing these races give to you during those really young years of, you know, childbearing and raising babies? Yeah, it, it was hard. I mean, I definitely got to the point where um, it was hard and there was, there was a lot of days where I struggled and I actually, I opened up about this. I'm, Maybe I guess we could mention it now is the TV show yeah. <laughs> that's coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I have a little bit of a background of how I got into my Ironman, doing a full Ironman. So I was chosen to be um, on this new, it's basically a reality show that Ironman and NBC um, decided to produce. And they kind of approached me and asked me to apply and and I was really excited about the opportunity to share my story and and so I've opened up a little bit about this and um I love my children dearly and it and it's really hard to uh be vulnerable and share things like this but after I had my third baby I I had postpartum depression and Mm. really struggled with that it was a very difficult time for me and I had completed one 70.3 race one Ironman 70.3 distance race, and I had done that before I got pregnant with my third, and I really enjoyed it, and I thought, I want to do that again, and then, like I said, I shortly after got pregnant, and so mm. after I had this, this sweet little baby, I I had postpartum, and it was it was really a struggle for me, and there's a lot of a backstory to that that I won't get into today, but um, just sharing that I needed an outlet. I needed mm. something to get me back to the happy, positive person I was. And my outlet surprisingly became Ironman. So I signed up for my first Ironman 70.3 branded race at St. George in 2014. And I kind of never stopped since. And, you know, like I said, my husband's supportive and my family has been amazing. Um, And they've kind of always seen me being active through having the kids. And so, for me, just being able to fight that demon, those demons, and say, I'm going to do me, and I'm going to be the best mom I can be, and if that means I'm racing an Ironman and it makes me happy, and I can come home and change the poopy diapers and, um, you know, wrestle the kids all day after a long training morning, but it makes me happy, then that's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And so that, for me, became such a big uh, a big thing for me in my life was to to strive for something big and, and, you know, maybe it's not an Ironman for, for a lot of people out there, but for me, that's what it was. So, um, that, that became a big part of who I am. I, even though it doesn't define who I am, it's, it's become a big part of my life. Well, it seems like the key there is something that you are doing that invests in yourself and your own identity, your own ambitions, your own goals and dreams that instead of, you know, taking energy away from you somehow, it, gives you more energy I think it to does. do those other things it absolutely things. does hmm. yeah so, and I don't know why I don't know how the math works on that but, I know but for whatever reason it, it does um so yeah hmm. well you said there that um you said it but it's not my life too so that's also complicated balance right you got to do enough to invest in yourself and have dreams and passions but you also need to be careful about not making anything, even your children, your, your only, like your life, like what your whole worth is hinged on. So how do you strike that balance? Because like you have said, some, you know, these, these athletic 
ventures, they can be so helpful in helping us be who we are. But there are people who get really obsessed and they get um, addicted or anxiety ridden over this, you know, quote unquote outlet where it becomes less of an outlet and way more of an obsession. And so how have you been able to strike that balance or, or maybe you haven't and, and what you learned from that, I guess, you know, how you've learned to strike the balance. Yeah, and I, I do think um, it definitely took some trial and error. I think there was mm-hmm. a lot of learning that came through signing up for certain races at certain times of the year um, that were, you know, thought that that would be a good time. And it was like, nope, I'm not going to do that race this time of year because my daughter had her spring dance competition the week before. And that I did that one year, and it was really stressful. Mm. And I decided that I needed to be... Uh, looking ahead at the calendar and always putting my kids' activities first and our family's activities first. And that's something that, um, you know, it hasn't been perfect. I'm sure my husband would, would say, yes, you're balanced at well, but do you remember that time we forgot to do this or something like that? Um, we're not perfect by any means, but, but really trying to look, um, like I said, and put my kids and my husband and my family first. And if those things are put first and I can still do what I want to do, then so be it. And there, there's a lot of races that I really want to do that never, ever pair up with my life schedule. Mm. And that's okay. I've just kind of, I've kind of accepted that it's okay. And I don't have to do that race because there's another race. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so finding the balance and there's some days where, that are a complete disaster. You know, you, yeah. you have something planned and one of your kids gets sick and that training doesn't happen. And, and then I'm texting my coach. I finally got a coach this year, and I remember when, oh, I think it was one of my kids was sick, and, and I was supposed to do this really key workout, and they said, there's no way I can do this workout today. And she yeah. is an amazing coach uh, with young kids, and she says, she says, it's okay, let's try it tomorrow if, if, you're, if your little boy's feeling better, you know, and, yeah. and she did it. So, so kind of looking at the big picture and not stressing out. The old me would have really stressed out about that. Mm-hmm. And I've learned that I can't stress out about it because when I stress out about it or try to make it work when it's not going to work, it's worse. I'm worse off. Yes. So it's not ideal. I'm not a professional athlete. I don't do this um, to win money in races. I do this to enhance my life and mm-hmm. to... Um, it brings me joy along with my family. So, yeah. so like I said, again, as long as I'm putting them first and taking care of them, everything else usually falls into place. And it's probably one of those things that you just have to keep tabs on it and you have to know if this is becoming yep. consistently more of a stress than a joy, then it's time to pull back. Yep. Exactly. So, And, when, and it's hard. Sometimes, sometimes it's hard to do that, but we yeah. all have to, you know. Yeah. Because there's a lot of pressure to keep up that same standard that you've been putting in, you know, year after year. So what is training for a, a triathlon like, especially an Ironman? I mean, what what goes into that? How much do you actually have to spend um, exercising a day to work towards this huge goal? Well, it's a lot. And that's obviously kind of a loaded question, depending on what your goals are. You may be training a few more hours a week than somebody else that's mm-hmm. doing the same race as you. Yeah. So it really does kind of come down to what your goals are. But for me, I know personally, um, I've completed two full Ironmans, and I did Ironman 2016 and then Santa Rosa 
this year. Mm-hmm. And that's the one that I will be featured on for the television show. So, so I know that one really kind of lit my fire in me because I thought, I'm going to be on TV and everybody's going to record me. Yeah. And I need to make sure that I am trained. Yeah, a little bit nerve-wracking. So that was definitely motivation for me to be like, I need to get my son out of bed and get up at the time I said I was going to get up so that I could get this training done. So so it's a lot. And for those out there that are listening that don't know the distance is yeah, for a whole Ironman, um, the swim is a 2.4-mile swim. The bike is 112 miles, and the run is a full marathon at 26.2. And you do them all together away. in a row. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. And so like much. I said, I worked up to it just slowly. I mean, mm. it wasn't something like I woke up one day and said, I'm doing an Ironman tomorrow. I wanted to do it. The desire was always there. Um, but I I actually, when I started running marathons, I, I thought about it and I thought, there's no way that I could do a 112-mile bike and a 2.4-mile swim before this. Yeah. And I thought, I'll never be able to do a full Ironman. There's, that's something I'll never be able to do. And and now I've done it twice. And <laughs> and so, anyway, back to your original question about how many hours. Um, I mean, a typical week is, for me, depending on how much I was doing. Like, when I was doing my peak weeks, I think I got up to 26 hours a week of training. Mm-hmm. And then some other weeks were maybe, like, 12 hours, 13, 14 hours, but it just depends, you know, on what your schedule is for the day and that week and what your, what your goals are. So it is a lot of, a lot of time. It's a big time commitment, Mm -hmm. but, but I do think anybody can do it that really has the desire because I feel like I'm proof of that Mm -hmm. because I also teach music lessons and I'm a mom of three kids and, and I feel like if I can find time for it, I think anybody can. Wow. Do, so, do you ever sleep? <laughs> do you, I mean, is that, how do I you do. do that too? I love my sleep. My sleep is important. Sometimes you go to bed early and you're, you know, you can get teased in your, even in your own home sometimes. Or, Why are you going to bed so early, mom? You know, sometimes I like to go to bed early just because if I know I'm getting up at 4.30 the next morning, that I'm going to have to be, um, I'm going to have to get those at least like seven to eight hours of sleep. And so yeah. some nights it's less and I'm exhausted. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, and then if, if I ever get a chance to take a nap, I'll take it, which doesn't come very often. But, um, you know, you that, just, you, you gotta, yeah, yeah, you got to find the time to sleep. It's so important because there's no way I can push my body and expect it to do well if I'm not sleeping. So, yeah, sleep is huge for me. So I don't get up early every single morning, but, you know, you've got to, you've got to look at your schedule and fit in, fit in sleep just as importantly as you do exercise. You know, and there's also this other side to it, this mental and emotional side. I mean, that's probably the harder side. And for many, many people, this roller coaster ride of training mentally and emotionally, what was that like? Maybe thinking about even just your last uh, full, and I know you're at the tail end of training for a marathon that you'll be running this weekend. So what has that been like for you lately, uh, getting through that, that side of it? You know, funny you ask that because um, one of my biggest dreams um, 
when I first started getting into running and triathlons, my two biggest dreams were to run the Boston Marathon mm-hmm. and qualify for Boston and to complete a full Ironman mm-hmm. um, and do it well. I wanted to do a good job at both. Yeah. And last year in St. George, I accomplished that goal of qualifying for Boston. Mm-hmm. And I qualified for Boston. Um, it wasn't my A or B race. It was my C race, and I had trained really hard for it. But I still had a good enough time to go to Boston. And, and there's a certain time requirement yeah. for your age group. Mm. For me, um, it was 340. And uh, because I'm turning 35 this year, and yeah. so my, my time goal is a 340, under 340, and I ran a 337.30 at St. George. So I qualified with a really good cushion. It yeah. obviously could have been more. I, not everybody in the world can qualify for Boston with a 10-minute buffer, but um, I was pretty sure I was going to Boston. Um, yeah. And. They reported that the high, the cutoff time was the highest it's ever been, and it was uh, you had to be three minutes and twenty three seconds under the cutoff time, and it's never been that high any year before. Wow. At my time, would have been good to go. So I didn't so even I'm not going know to Boston. that. I, I, uh, it's been really hard the last few days, and uh, oh there is goodness. much bigger things in life than going going and running an amazing race, but. Ten years ago, I made that promise to myself when I started running yeah. marathons that I would qualify for Boston and go. So I did about 75% of it. I did all that I could to qualify, and I did yeah. it. And the fact that Boston's not taking me this year, they, they chose to take less runners. And and it's just a little bit of a disappointment. So um, I'll move on. And yeah. it, it is. And like I said, there's a lot of elite runners out there that, that may – say, well, you should have run faster. But I, I did. I did everything I could and, yeah. and still qualified. And I'm, I'm still so proud of that. I'm still so proud of it. And, mm. But that's definitely been disappointing this week. Racing can be heartbreaking. And it seems like yeah. that's what you've experienced lately. I'm sure you've experienced it in the past, too. Like you said, when things don't go the way you plan, like even that, even that one that you did qualify for Boston through, it was still your not your A plan or B plan. It was your C, C plan, that kind of race. Yeah. And it was, it was still a really good race. Don't get me wrong, but I was, I was sick to my stomach the whole time. Mm. And I was just coming off of doing my first full Ironman and I'd never trained to do a full Ironman and a marathon back to back. And I didn't know how I was going to feel. And I still had a really good race, but it was, I mean, I was exhausted and I had a stomach ache the whole time. So I was super happy that I was able to pull out what I did. And like I said, was planning on going to Boston. It wasn't a for sure, but I was pretty positive I was going to go just because every year before it, that time was, was golden. So yeah. um, that's definitely disappointing. And I, man, I, I'm not going to lie. Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, I was pretty sad. Yeah. So I'm feeling a little bit better the, the last few days. And I've decided to have a good attitude and just, fuel that into a good race on Saturday. As long mm. as I feel good on Saturday, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hopefully go for it again and, and let it fuel me instead of letting it defeat me. Oh, yeah. Good luck, Heather. I'm. That's a good way to refuel that. I like how you said that. Put that oh, it's been hard, else. though. It's taken me about five days to get to that point, so don't get me wrong. It's been really rough. So. It would probably take me five um, years if I were in your shoes. I mean, because that is such a huge <laughs> disappointment. It is. It's hard. And again, I, I've noticed that the last few days, it's 
you know, there's a lot bigger things in life, and I know that. That's but disappointment is real, and it's hard, and and you know, we we press on and we learn from it. We can either be upset or we can learn. You know, absolutely. So that's how I'm trying to look at it. You know, I've been curious about your fool that you just did when you were being recorded for the show. How much harder was it doing that with cameras in your face? And how did that race go for you? Um, it was it was an awesome experience. I'm not going to lie. It really was an awesome experience. Um, but I was extremely nervous. Um, yeah. My, my emotions were, I, I knew what I was getting into. I had known back in about February or March that I was going to be doing that race and that they would be filming me, so I was prepared for it. But the two weeks leading up to the race and the TV show, um, I, gosh, I don't even know, I don't even know what it was. I don't know if you can call it an ulcer or distress, but I, my stomach was upset, and I was so nervous that it was kind of um, disrupting my race preparations in yeah. some ways. I was very nervous, as I think, I think anybody would and should feel nervous for something like that. But mm. I was kind of at the point where it was, um, it was almost debilitating. <laughs> it was, yeah. I was, I was very nervous and I was excited to go race. It wasn't so bad that I was like, I'm not going to do the race, but I struggled, um, a lot right before. And so on the race, I actually had some stomach problems as expected. I, um, you know, I, ended up doing, uh, for lack of a better explanation, the porta potty dash on the run. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So <laughs> I, miserable. I was sick. I was sick pretty much the whole race. And that's and like how many it, it hours? Really that's a lot. It's not just like a two-hour race. It's all day. Yeah. It took, it took me over 12 hours to finish the race. So... It was, oh, it was a so long miserable. day. It's a long day anyways, even if you feel good. But, um, yeah. yeah, and that's, that's expected. That's expected that you're going to have, um, you know, it's expected that you're going to have times where you feel well. And, and what are you going to do when your back's against the wall and you don't feel good? Are you going mm. to throw in the towel and that's okay too. Sometimes there's times where you really are sick and you probably need to go see a doctor or you're, yeah. that's fine too. I've had, I've had one did not finish race on a marathon my whole life. Mm. And I was so sad I didn't finish, but I literally like passed out at mile 20 of the marathon. And Holy I thought there's cow. no way I can finish this today. It wouldn't be smart today. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I learned a lot from that experience, but, but for me, this was like, Hey, I've got a stomach ache and I don't feel very good, but can I still keep and my answer ultimately was always yes yes I can keep going hmm. and so I did and I just pressed on and I I ended up finishing and I did I did well I had a PR at the race and um wow. like I said my run was a lot slower than I wanted it to be because I was unfortunately using the bathroom so much yeah. but it was just what the card dealt me that day and so um, like I said, I still had a great result. The end result was awesome and the experience That's was amazing great. and I had a great race, but, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely difficult sometimes to have that anxiety build up because it, it did affect my race a little bit and I'm, I'm sad that I let it get to that point. So I think I've learned, I learned from that experience as well. I think we can always learn things from doing mm. races. We learn so much about ourselves. Hmm. And, you know, I'm thinking that this is 
running these races and training for them, it's, it's a constant lesson in accepting your best effort. And, you know, we talk about perfectionism from time to time on this podcast, you know, just how can people go after goals and not (laughs) be obsessed by making sure they're absolutely perfect, but you're kind of forced into that every single day, right? Like I'm sure most of your, even your training runs and, and bikes and swims don't go exactly as planned. So oh, for sure. Well, then? and I, go ahead. you know, it's hard. It, I do think that I think sometimes we look at, um, I love, I love numbers. Um, when mm-hmm. in training, I love to look at the numbers. I love to have my Garmin beep at me and tell me I hit that pace on that mile that I was supposed to. And I love that. It's always a good feeling, but then there's days where it doesn't feel good and you don't feel good and you're tired. And there's a lot of things that can happen in life. Um, that can disrupt that, especially as a mom with little kids, you know, they come first. And so Hmm. for me, um, like I said, if one of my kids gets sick or we're ended up staying up a little bit later because someone needed help on homework or whatever it is. And then the next day my run fell flat. Well, that's life (laughs) and it's hard. Um, but I think, I think the whole perfectionist, um, attitude needs to be let go. And it's Hmm. hard because I find myself being, nitpicky with myself on things and I'm not on others but I am on myself <laughs> and so yeah. I don't know why we do that to ourselves I'm sure a lot of people are out there going yeah I'm the same way so mm-hmm. um I think it's okay to have a bad day or go for a run and you're like you know what that felt terrible like most of the time I'm so happy I get out there and go running but I have days where I'm just plain exhausted and for example this training cycle um, I did my 20 and my 18 and my 16 mile runs leading up to prep for Saturday St. George Marathon. And I felt terrible on all of those long runs. And I texted mm. my coach and I said, I didn't feel great. Like I hit my paces, but I'm tired. And, and I yeah. had to stop because my little one needed this because I was finishing on the treadmill. And then my 20 mile, it, it rained and, and I had to stop and it was pouring so bad that I was slipping. And so oh I had to goodness. stop and come home and finish on the treadmill and, and I still got it done and my paces were good, but it was frustrating mentally. And, and I look at that on paper and I go, okay, am I going to let this bother me because it wasn't the perfect 20 mile training run going into the race? Or do I look at it and I say, I got it done even when it was hard and even yeah. when the circumstances were ideal. So huh. I, yeah, it's definitely hard, but we, there's, there's things that we can do to get it done and make it work even, even though it's not perfect. So like, just hearing about how hard all of this is, you know, uh, the strain physically, mentally, emotionally, the sacrifices you have to make, the, the stress on you and your family, why do you keep doing this? What do you get out of it that makes it all worth it? You know, for me personally, the reason why I do Ironman or marathons is it's because like I said previously, I feel like I learned so much about myself. Hmm. Um, and maybe that's the cheesy answer, but no, it's, it's true. I really feel like I learn so much about myself. I learn what I'm made of. I teach myself and maybe others around me as well that are watching me or following me on Instagram. I try to not let it get into my head because I think that can build into a pressure. Um, yeah. On a side note, I try to do do me. I try to be my best 
me that I can be and not compare myself to others on the internet. But but I I do feel like when others are are watching, I try to be an example. I want them to know that, hey, I've been through hard things too. I, I get how hard it is to train for these races and they they can be hard, but they are so rewarding, mm-hmm. and it and it's such an amazing experience to set a goal that you think is unachievable, like an Ironman, and swim two point four, bike one hundred and twelve, and run twenty six point two, and hear your name being called that you are an Ironman and that you've achieved something that is basically sounds impossible yeah. if you think about it. And I get I'm getting a little choked up thinking about it because I'm thinking about that moment when I ran down the red mm-hmm. carpet and I heard them call my name and, and that's getting me emotional. <laughs> it, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. And I don't mean to sound so self glorified here, but, but really I, I've had some, some obstacles in my life that have felt like I could never get out of them and that I can never get through this. Um, and for me that, um, obviously, um, my family and my faith are a huge part of, of, they're the main parts of my life and and why I am who I am but the other part of it is is finding kind of this little niche of of running in triathlon where I kind of feel like a superhero and I can yeah. I can run down that Ironman finish line and feel like I accomplished something amazing and I put those, that accomplishment you know underneath just right up there at the tip top of some of the things that I've done and of course bearing my children and those type of things but there's those type of feelings that you you know you put the time and effort into it and you get so much out of it and and again like I've been saying you learn so much about yourself and what you're capable of accomplishing and I think that that's something that we can take and live every day to live a fuller life that you can do hard things and you can accomplish amazing things oh beautiful Heather and you know this actually in a way goes directly to my last question that I ask every guest and it's what have you learned about yourself the past few years so what else is it that you've learned about yourself um I think I think I've learned that I'm not (laughs) I'm not an amazing athlete um (laughs) as far as what I've been blessed with I think I've learned that I work just as hard as anybody else but I'm also not um I'm not extremely blessed with a lot of speed and that's been something that I've had to really work hard on. And, um, I've learned that it, it doesn't have to be perfect, but I've learned that anybody can do anything they set their mind to. Um, so I don't know if that answers your question, but no, um, I've just learned, I've learned that you can do amazing things if you set your mind to it. Well, that's what I love about your answer is, you know, this isn't, this wasn't a natural ability for you. It was something you built up so gradually, but so purposefully. And that's what is, is so inspiring for me to, to follow you. And that's what I get from you. It's not a, wow, I wish that um, I was born like that. It was more, it's more when I follow you, I think how inspired I am to try to chip away at my own goals, whatever they are little by little. And you do such a fantastic job of representing that well, Heather. I thank you very much for being on the show. I appreciate you taking the time. Oh, thank you so much for your kind words. And I appreciate you having me. It's been wonderful to visit with you. 
I really did have such a good time talking to Heather. And I have some good news for you. As we had mentioned, she was uh, interviewing just a few days before the St. George Marathon. And she not only got a new PR on that marathon, but she more than qualified for the Boston Marathon again with a very large gap. Her time was three hours and 29 minutes. And if you remember, the qualifying time for her age group is three hours and 40 minutes. So she has an 11 minute gap there. So that is such a huge win after such a big disappointment that she experienced right before our interview. You should check out Heather's recap on the race on her Instagram account, Try and Run Girl. It's really fascinating to read just how that whole race went for her. Additionally, I want to remind you that her episode, Quest for Kona, will be airing next week. October 25th. It's a Wednesday and you will find it on NBC Sports. So definitely make sure you set up your TV to record that episode. I can't wait to see it, Heather, and I hope you feel really good about it. I wanted to tell you about a short podcast I did with Reagan from the Luckiest Mom podcast. I shared in more detail with her than I have before about my kids and the lowest time I faced so far as a mom. I really enjoyed talking to Reagan, and I think you'll love that episode and her whole style. It's really fun, and it's different from mine, too, which is kind of refreshing. I've linked to that episode in the show notes for you, and my episode with her podcast is entitled Do Something. We have almost hit my goal of 70 reviews, so I have to keep moving the goalpost, you guys. Shall we say 80 reviews now is the new goal by mid-November? That's our anniversary or your anniversary. So I thank you so much for leaving those reviews on iTunes and Apple podcast and for spreading the word. The most listened to episodes are the ones that have also been shared the most on Facebook. So any success we've had on the podcast, I truly do owe it to you. So keep spreading the word, you guys. Next week, I'm sharing a recording I did months ago with Paul Cardall. He is a very talented musician, a pianist who didn't start playing until he was a late teen. Now he has his own record label, is known as American's Pianist, and has many billboard toppers and three number one albums in a row. Paul was born with a failing heart and lived with poor health for much of his life until a heart transplant as an adult. But it was after the transplant that his world fell apart with a severe depression, a divorce, and more. You need to hear about how this incredible man rose from the ashes and has created an amazing life for himself and how much love inspires what he does every day and what he inspires us to do in our own lives, however big or small. It's really an exceptional interview. And so I can't wait to see you next Wednesday for that. And until then, take care of yourself. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.